From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing it and checking those films off our lists, talking about them, and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeremy. Check out my website, jeremylalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. And if you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening to it. It really does make a difference in helping get more ears on it. And if you like the show, check out the others on ThatShelf.com's family of podcasts. Without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 81, and today I'm joined by Jessica Greco, who you might know from her amazing new short, Jessica Jessica, that's starting to go around, as well as the film Anti-Birth, The Animal Project, and the series People of Earth, as well as Christopher Ware Spence, who made an awesome indie film a couple years back called The Last Hitman. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Poltergeist. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this movie. I'm Jessica. I have not seen this movie. I'm Chris. I have seen this movie uh, caveat, uh, was probably in like grade eight or something. I feel like when I saw it, it was airing on TV, one of the first times it aired and I, and I saw it on a very small black and white TV that was in my, my parents like front living room, the second, the second TV. The way it was always meant to be seen. <laughs> right. So I, 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 and I don't even remember seeing more than 45 minutes of it. I don't, I and mean, maybe, maybe later in life saw the end, separate from the beginning, but yeah, I don't remember ever seeing it all the way through. But yeah, you own the Blu-ray. I bought it in, last Halloween and have not yet watched yeah, it. I'm the same person. Yeah. I'm just like, ooh, this is <laughs> yeah, a movie I haven't seen always. yet, and now it's, Oh, I have yeah. like 90 movies like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. slowly, that's why I have a podcast. This is the amazing. Slowly, I need to do the same thing. Go through them. Yeah. Uh, so what, so here's what I know about the movie. Okay. I know that Spielberg wrote, was one of the writers on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And has a story by credit. Yeah. Um, he did not direct it, though. Did you think he directed it? I knew it was a Spielberg joint. I didn't know in what way he was right. attached. Yeah, uh, and Tobe Hooper is the director, mm-hmm. whose other claim to fame is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay. This is the other so big this is going to be scary. You didn't know it's a horror film? It's called Poltergeist. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I like Jessica. Yeah. I didn't think this through, actually. Every movie yeah. is a blank slate. Because the other thing I know about Jessica is that Jessica does not do well with horror movies. Oh. <laughs> I actually oh. love horror movies. I love horror movies. Although I am very invested. So I tend to uh, react vocally and physically while watching Nice. Films. The popcorn might go flying. It might. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jessica has big reactions for all movies. <laughs> Social injustice, misogyny. <laughs> I love film. I just don't watch it very yeah. often, you, apparently. You never have to worry about, what's Jess thinking right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my first time actually doing an episode really? with you. Oh, is that true? I'm yeah. so sorry. I only experience them, you know, like, in my kitchen, playing, right. playing them on the stereo, like, while I'm doing dishes or something. So this is the first time <laughs> I get to be in. It's like when you have a favorite podcast and you think, I'd be a great guest on this. And now I feel like I'm in it. Oh. This is this is going to be sure. a lot of fun yeah, you, for you. Lot of fun. All you yeah. listeners, what if it sucks? What if it's, I feel like this, it is, this is a classic. I'm told this is a classic film. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. excited and hopped up on sugar. So I feel like this That's is awesome. going to be great. But it is true. The, view, the viewers do miss that magic moment with, on Jessica episodes where 
the the movie viewing itself is is an experience. That should be like for for subscribers on Patreon. Your bonus episode. Yeah. Is like, <laughs> you have the soundtrack. What is that like? Do like a narration of the you get, film. You get the running comment. There are there are. I will say there are some some of these where uh, we do get somewhat talky sometimes during the movies, depending yeah. on the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And the movie calls for it. Sometimes they're dead silent. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, I will say that it's like when we did the Schindler's List episode. Oh, I bet it was dead. It was well. It was also dead, but it was also uh, Mark Weingast brought his dad, who oh, was wow. like the children of sur- child of survivors. Oh no, no, no! Wow. And so I'm sitting there like an asshole eating popcorn, and realize I'm like I should not be eating popcorn at all. And I it's about twenty minutes in the movie went. I'm just not gonna eat this. This feels really awkward to be like nom nom. <laughs> While like him and oh, his dad atrocity. are having him and his, and his dad had never seen the movie, no, because he wanted and that he so he and I were both oh, the wow. versions of that. Oh wow. my god, because he wanted to experience it. He had kind of decided he didn't want to watch it, and then finally went, "Oh, I think I'm ready to finally watch it." And so I, I'm just, I, I, I read the room wrong by having popcorn that night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I quickly went, "Yeah, I'm just not. This crunching is distracting everything, and and, and upsetting me." <laughs> so I. uh but uh, but then we did, you were on the 1941 one, right? I was gonna say that was one where we were very vocal. We, that, we should have recorded that uh, watching because that would have been the best mystery science theater episode ever. Was yeah. it just the two of you? No, no, no. Was, Mark Weingus was, was on that one. Norm, Norm. and Warren Sonoda. Yeah. Oh. That was that's that. If you if, for fans of the podcast, if you haven't listened to our 1941 episode, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's when you can even listen to it without watching the movie. Yeah. Uh, you do not need to watch that movie. I actually do. That's an episode I wish there was video for, only for the look on your face when the lights came up afterwards. It was just like, you know, you were rubbing your your hands over your face like, I need a minute. I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> I got to process this. Yeah, yeah, that was, really did. Yeah. Was like, I just, I don't. I'm, well, it's also like you're watching one of your heroes fail spectacularly. Spectacularly. It's really yeah. bad. 1941. But there's some great stuff in it. Oh, absolutely. Because it's also like a master playing around with a form and just failing. Who, who's film is Spielberg. Which film? Ah. It's the movie he made between Close Encounters and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. It's the Lost Leader? It's the one where yeah. we're just like, we don't it count it? No. It's the mulligan? Well, no, but we talked about the fact, and this, I feel like we're rehashing, but we, we talked about the fact that it's kind of this interesting uh, transitional film because you can see how it inspired him to do a lot of films that came after it. Like, the thing, the mistakes he made in that, he didn't make again. He went a different way. So it's one of those, you know, like... A, it was a necessary film yeah. in his filmography for for him as, like, an artist and filmmaker. But in terms of a film, it's kind of a failed experiment. Yeah. It's him trying to just do a straight-out comedy, and it's just very clear. It's like, that's not something... It's not his forte. That's not his forte. He's, he's, he, everything he does always has comedy in it. But to have it as the primary thing, it's not necessarily the magic of what he does. And that's so weird, actually, the fact that he can do movies that are so funny, like like Last Crusade. And you know, always. Always. I've ne- I've ne- <laughs> <laughs> always is not funny. <laughs> I've actually never seen Always. <laughs> oh! There you go. Good black hole for me. Yeah. I think that's one of those ones. You know, I haven't watched Always since, and I think it came out when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and my parents had rented it, and I stayed up late and watched it with them, and I'm sure that I didn't get anything out of it at the time. I right. probably just thought it was boring. It's kind of like his version of Ghost. Right. In a way. Oh, that movie was on TV the other night and I had to stop and watch. And it's, make pottery? He was like, I gotta stop. Well, gotta it was the beginning now. where he's alive and they're just hot together and it's like, oh, I want to watch it until, like, before he dies. Like, just before they go out to go to the bad movie. I'm like, I just, I just want to see just stop and like, that's how yeah, it is Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. 
I'm good there. And then flash forward to the the pottery scene. Well, I watched the pottery scene. Yeah, I, I want like I want to see like the alternate version of that pottery scene where you realize she's doing that with Whoopi. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's remember, happening with Whoopi, right? I remember there being a lot of tension in, in the theater. Isn't it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes, later on. Later, later on, on. They, they dance together, they kiss or something, but the pottery oh. scene is her and Patrick Swayze before he yes, dies. before he dies. But later on, they do the pottery what? again. I remember. I remember but, but, that but it's like, But it's like there's a whole thing where in the movie, later on, Sam's going to enter... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, she possesses, you know, he possesses her. What's her name? Autumn or... And yeah, Otome Brown. Yeah, Otome Brown. Otome Brown. Brown. And then they t- and then she takes her hands, and then it's like, and this is the, was it like 1990 or something? So yeah, that was big. And it was big. It was and interracial then it was, and lesbian. It was going to get crazy. Right. It was. He was going to turn into like you know. Yeah, but didn't they suddenly? Didn't they suddenly cut and it yeah. was Patrick Swayze now? They don't even cut. No, it's like it's, like, it's, it's one shot. So like they take their hands and it goes to Demi Moore, and you're thinking, what are they going to do? You, literally, there was, you could feel the tension in the air in the, in the theater. Like, what's going to happen? And then it, the camera comes up, and then Patrick Swayze's there. So I guess it's like a little like do si do Yeah. Uh, but it, I would love to see that. I would love to see the, the version where yeah. it's like her with Whoopi. What was yeah. actually happening yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to all the listeners. We're watching Poltergeist. Not that you would That's okay. know that. This, the, the listeners know that these are these episodes are rife with tangents. The digressions. Oh, oh, I know something about Poltergeist. Okay. Actually, I think I know two things about yeah, Poltergeist. Yeah, bring it back around, okay. yes. Here we yeah. go. Um, I'm pretty sure that Poltergeist is the movie where the kid goes, they're here, and there's like a television. That's all, well, that's the that's the poster I know too. I, I know I know the poster. I didn't like, even know it was a horror until 15 minutes ago. Give me a little credit. No, that's right. Because like basically the things I know are what I said, mm-hmm. and the poster is like a kid in front of a TV. Also, odd fact, I'm pretty sure that I heard the uh, woman, who I don't know, the actress, who plays the mother. Joe Beth Williams. Mm-hmm. I know it's Joe Beth Williams and Craig T. Nelson. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing I know. She got very ill after doing the Poltergeist. I think it's a series that she, because there's a few of them. Yeah, there's three of them, but she only did the two of them, the first two. After she did the second one, she got very ill because she kept blowing out her adrenal glands because they did so many takes screaming? and she would get herself screaming wow. and so worked up that she found herself getting quite like tired and like her thyroid was sluggish because she was like blowing out her adrenal glands while shooting this film because she worked herself to such mm-hmm. a state. Well, now now I know she's going to work herself into a state. I mean, I, it's a horror movie. I Spoiler. feel like I'm Spoiler. sorry. All right. So we should probably just watch it before we break into another tangent. We're going to run out of popcorn otherwise. It's true. All right. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we more or less just finished Poltergeist. Uh, I have to go to the bathroom. Just have to go to the bathroom. Uh, there is so much to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. What do you want to? I think there's like I don't know where to start because there's so much. There's so many little detailed things that I wish I like made some notes or something. I'm sure I'm sure they'll come up. Well, I know what I want to say because, uh, and we'll get into this in, in greater detail. Because I are you aware that there's a lot of controversy about who directed this movie? No. I didn't know that. Okay, this is a major thing that's gone on for years about uh, rumors that that Toby Hooper didn't completely direct it, but Spielberg stepped in and did some directing. There's a lot of conflicting stories from different people who worked on the film. I don't want to get too much into that. I will say this, however. I thought that uh, Joe Beth Williams and the way that Joe Beth Williams was just like, just like put through the ringer totally reminded me of 
uh, Marilyn Burns in Texas Chainsaw. Have you seen Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre? Yeah. You've, have you seen it? You probably haven't seen it. I've seen the remake. In the I remake. Because in that first, like, that main actress in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. it, like, he puts her through the ringer. Like, they, by the time they were done shooting, like, she had, like, you know... Her legs were bloody from like crawling. Maybe around that's stuff. what I'm thinking of. I should warn. Yeah. I should tell the yeah. listeners that I was incorrect in the actress that I thought who had blown, blown out yeah, her yeah. glands was not this actress. The moment when I saw her, I realized I'd seen someone else do the interview. Oh. Perhaps it was her. I'm not sure. Okay, um, but I was just like, oh, you know, maybe there's truth to to the fact that Spielberg stepped in and did some second unit or or, or you know helped out over the course of the film. But in terms of like the unity between uh, the amount of, you know, uh, torture putting, they put, I think all the actors, a lot of them, I mean, they really, like, they just, they're, I think to be a good horror director, you really have to be able to kind of torture people a little bit, like your actors, so that your audience ends up feeling it, like feeling what they're going through. And that element was definitely there. And I, I didn't remember that at all. I mean, from the little bits that I saw as a kid, I didn't realize that it, I was kind of amazed by like how much that character was just, you know, uh, racked to the entire film emotionally. That's my that's my big takeaway from it. Uh, yeah, I mean it, the one thing because it's it's easy because it's like there's Spielberg's name is all over the thing, mm-hmm. and in, in 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 terms of the controversy, is it the kind of thing where he took over? What? The story that I've heard is sort of like the, like the general understanding is that there was a uh, L.A. Times story done on the making of the film, and this kind of years and years this later, is, yeah, it would have been like eighty two. So the reporter went to the set, and Toby Hooper was directing inside, and Spielberg was outside directing some second unit stuff, and then the rumor became, oh, Spielberg's taking over, and there have been other actors on set say, saying no, Toby Hooper directed the entire thing. Um, Zelda Rubinstein, I think, in an interview inferred that Toby Hooper was doing a lot of cocaine while the movie was being made. Spielberg well, was definitely, definitely directed it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of conflicting r- reports. I, I will say there were certain elements that felt very, very Spielberg. Absolutely. If that's a word. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, like the kid's performance yeah. is so strong that it's like, it reminds me of Elliot in mm-hmm. E.T. Mm-hmm. and just in Close Encounters. And it's like, Spielberg has this magic ability to get amazing performances out of children. Yeah. Because he gets right down to the level. And it's the kind of thing that made me just go, oh, I wonder if Spielberg, Spielberg stepped in in those scenes just from watching the movie. Yeah. Because you don't, I mean, I don't know a ton about Toby Hooper. Yeah. But I imagine he's not the warmest man in the world given, like, the films he does. Yeah. And so to get a performance like that out of a kid would be right. an, an amazing yeah. thing to do. If you're not used to working with kids. Well, here's something that occurs to me now is, because this was made, uh, you know, sort of, I think E.T. and this were kind of made one after the other. Yeah, and you were saying that they were shot in the same suburb. Shot in suburb. the same suburb. Uh, I'm wondering now, looking at Carol Ann, I wonder if she was somebody who was looked at for Gertie and E.T., right? I was thinking the right? same thing. So, like, these are the best kids they saw, and they were casting this and E.T. at the same time, and, the, and like, that kid, little kid Elliot probably... Elliot and the little boy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because she yeah. would have been a good Gertie, too. Right. And I wonder if that, because it's, so if you're getting kids at that level, I think you're going to get good performances out of them, you know, and, 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 you know, yeah, who's to say that Spielberg wasn't there helping get those performances out of the kids, because he was really great. I mean, if you see behind the scenes footage of him directing 
Henry Thomas and Drew oh, Barrymore. Yeah. It's incredible. Have you ever seen this? No. There's a great um, audition. The, the audition. audition? I've seen Henry Thomas's audition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's it, and you can hear Spielberg talking with him. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, ugh, it's it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's like, like so. So those listening that are, are students of film, watch that because it's a master class yeah. in working with children. Just watching that audition tape. He's also incredibly talented. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's absolutely. very present. But it's like, but just listening to how Spielberg talks to him too, mm-hmm. it's like, that's how you talk to children mm-hmm. when you're working with them. You don't talk down to them. You, you go in with a sense of wonder. Yeah. You know, it's uh but yeah, that's true. Absolutely. It's like the kid has to have, you know, 95% of it already. Yeah. And then you just have to be able to go in and just kind of unlock that last little bit and see the potential. And that's all you can really do any, any time anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's just knowing what you can get, knowing where you can push and where, what you can pull out of it is, is the gift that not everyone has, yeah. mm-hmm. especially with kids. Oh, yeah. Um, and then other little things like just the, you know, there was a lot of those Spielbergian wonders in this that were really special. Like there's that great shot when, when things are just, the first like instance of things going really weird is when, you know, you see the chairs and she pushes them all in and then it pans over. That's and true. And she goes yeah. under the that t- is and very, she goes under, yes. under the sink. sink and you pan back over. And it's not that much time. No. No. You know, the whole time I'm thinking, I was like, oh, it's going to pan back and the chairs are going to be out again. Yeah. But it's like, no, no, the chairs aren't out. The chairs are fucking stacked. And it's amazing. So and they're stacked in such a stunt. balancing way because yeah. at least four legs are not on the table. Well, for, I, I just assumed that they were screwed together and someone just came in and set them down. Yeah. Oh, that makes they sense. There's like, no way that you'd yeah, be yeah. able to balance I them. I don't that. know. Really, but it's really Movie well magic. done. But it, but it looks like it, right? But you it's have really but well. you believe Nothing's that. Nothing shaking. Like, you don't have any evidence that it just moved. So no. it's well done. So I can only imagine that it was like a unit they, they'd screwed and taped together or yeah. however they did it. And just, so it's yeah. someone was just run in. You know, two pe- two people ran in, grabbed two chairs. Yeah, members ran in, plopped down that thing, and they ran off. And this, they got that down to a precision of how fast they could do it yeah. in times of that pan. And then they just because all I will say that the one the one clue as soon as it panned over and she's underneath the sink, just listening to the stuff she's doing, I'm like, that's all foley. It's just like that. They're cover- <laughs> oh, really? they're covering up the scraping of chairs and all the stuff that's really happening. Oh, I never even thought about that. That's, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll notice it next time. It just felt like the sounds didn't feel like yeah. as real world as some of the other sounds in the movie. Yeah. So it just made me go. I'm also right in the middle of absolutely like, post-production on a film, <laughs> so I'm like yeah. super aware of like the way I've done things like that. And well, that's funny. I didn't think about that as being one of the Spielberg wonders. The things that I kept seeing as being very Spielbergian were those sort of, and, and this happens more in the latter half of the film, all those real like push-ins mm-hmm. on the faces. Like they're seeing something off screen and they're pushing in very dramatically and holding them in the frame like that. Well, that great sequence when um, when uh, they, they first realize the exit to the portal and the, the guy's not really paying attention and you're, you're just drifting mm-hmm. through that room mm-hmm. and seeing the cameras moving around and all the stuff that we're just yeah. witnessing that nobody else is yet. Yeah. Right after uh, the uh, face melting scene that we'll oh we'll, we'll talk about well, at some point. Let's hear from you, Jess. I haven't, what did you think of the movie? I liked it. Yeah. I did. I, I realized as I was watching it, as the, as the house was imploding in on itself, um, that I don't think... I think that the era of special effects lends itself to this film. I think that if all the special effects were digital and not practical, I would have found it less eerie. Mm-hmm. But like, but seeing so much practical, I mean, obviously there is digital effects that have been overlaid, but so much of it was practical yeah. and just sort of like magnets and strings and 
and that sort of thing. But it's I done so it. well. Like her on the ceiling, her getting pulled Holy off the bed, crap. onto the wall, so onto great. the ceiling, back down the side of the so wall, and amazing. down. Like, yeah, and they had to do that on some level. I don't know what. They rotated the whole set, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's insane. Well, what's, what's smart is like they keep on cutting back to the clown. Yeah. And the kid yeah. or whatever. So at that point, now they're cutting and the set's been rotated now. Yeah. And now she's on the thing. Like, you never see her go from all the, way. the wall to the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, where Now, there's a modern, I can't remember, there's a modern horror movie that does that. And the way they do that is just literally they had the set rotated. And mounted the camera? No, the camera's like, yeah, the camera's flat over here. Right. And the set is like on a spindle, so the set is rotating beside it. But it, it makes it look like it's not, it's locked off in a weird mm-hmm. way. Uh, and and but it's just that you know to, they didn't have the the tech to do that, or I guess they they just probably didn't think they could. Mm-hmm. I think it looks better in sometimes, like in some cases, some of it's you know aged. You sort of look at it yeah. and be like, oh, these are you're not in real danger. Those those corpses coming out of the ground don't look that scary. Yeah, but what I loved about it was that like that sequence. Was it wasn't like they all became zombified things. It wasn't yeah. like they started attacking her. No. It was just coffins coming yeah. up. Yeah. And they just fell out. It wasn't, they didn't start swarming her. Which would have been like, oh, this feels like a new rule you just made up. Uh, so I like that, that it didn't turn into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, and shocking too for a movie that was rated PG when it came out. Isn't that insane? Well, I did spend the first half going, I could probably watch this with my son. And then you're like, no. And then by the by the face melting scene, it's like, yeah, maybe that's a bit much. Maybe yeah, yeah. maybe we gotta wait till he's 14 or so. I think that's that's a good age. Uh, another sort of like practical effect that I found super effective was the way that the light on the television, like that uh, static Strobe. light, played on everyone's faces yeah, was yeah. so freaky. That I was agree. so frightening. Especially when she gets up and she's with her ki- with her parents sleeping and she gets up and she walks yeah, towards it. Yeah, and she's it. crawling towards it. It seems so, it seems like there's almost a camera effect, but it's just the, literally the light. Um, but the thing I kept thinking about whenever I saw those strobe scenes come up was the controversy this summer around The Incredibles 2 and how they had to post warnings in the theater because of that one scene where the strobe light was going off. Like, how, there's so... Also Craig T. Nelson? Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's the curse for epileptics. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm watching it. How did people not have seizures when I'm they sure watched they this did. movie? I'm sure people did, but you never heard about that. No one cared. That's the to sell more tickets. Epi- <laughs> Poltergeist gives you epi- seizures. Yeah. Right, right. So right. scary, it'll it's put like, you into like a... 1950s. Yeah. yeah. I loved Craig T. Nelson as a dad, and like a stoned dad, and yeah. a sexy dad, and like... A, a real chest. dad, a yeah, real dad. Yeah. yeah, I loved sort of yeah. like eighties dad, Craig T. Nelson. Well, that's another just kind of trope of Spielberg too. Is like I, we kind of talked about we were watching the movie, just how well they do the family stuff. Yeah, and just like the off the cuff little comment commentary, just little comments here and there, and like just that great scene when he goes in to put the kid back to bed, and the girl, little girl's on the phone. She's like, "Dad's phone for you." Is like, "Take a message, sweetie." Yeah, like, and you know, just a little banter. Yeah. Like he just nails. Uh, so well between families, and mm. so it's like you know you look at Richard Dreyfus and mm-hmm. Close Encounters and Craig now, so it just feels like they're yeah, very true. they're variations on the same dad, even though they're very very different. Yeah. But it's just in terms of like when they're at their their status quo, like they all feel like they have this really great vibe that just feel you feel like they're mining from their own lives. Yeah, it was interesting though how sort of like nuclear family they felt, and then they're like parents obviously had a sex life, and they were like rolling joints, joints, 
in the bedroom. That is a scene I did not expect to I was see. Just like, yeah. Oh, this is very well again because cool. it's it's PG thirteen. Yeah. It's like it's a not even. I mean, not even then, right? Because they didn't have it yet. Yeah, but it's yeah. also it's like how common. This is also a studio movie. Yeah. Yep. Like to have the people just casually smoking weed in 1982 felt yeah. pretty... Not just and reading a Reagan biography but at that's the same what I mean. time. Like, 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 like grown-ups with three kids and like they're watching the new... Like not just people smoking weed, yeah. but like mom and dad. <laughs> it, feel, it feels very contemporary in that way. Yeah. That's, what was, yeah. that's what I liked about it too. Like these yeah. Felt, yeah, they felt like human, like human beings. Yeah. And then yeah. the kid comes in because he can't sleep and the mom takes one last toke. Before it's she great. puts it out, she doesn't just put it right away. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take one last hit," and, <laughs> and then it, put it out. Well, I also I, I was impressed they spent a shocking amount of time with them just hanging out because it really and it really helped because you do uh, you you connect to that family so much more strongly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I just? This is a weird tangent. Um, this the, the older daughter. Yeah. There was this very undercurrent of her overt sexuality. Yeah. They kept on like, I mean, there was that really, you know, gross scene of her and the workers in the yeah. backyard. In her, like, Catholic very, school uniform. Uh, very weirdly. And then, and then, then which was like the, the parents kind of just shrugged off as, oh, those worker guys. That's that, how it goes for girls. Yeah. But that she, but she does like give she, him the finger and yeah, she. Yeah, was she appreciating the daughter I think she's, yeah, I think she's yeah. appreciating the daughter giving them yeah. the finger. But then there's this off-the-cuff remark about the Hotel 8. And, yeah. and she's like, and she knows about it. I was like, how do you know about it? And just like, wait a minute. The daughter's clearly Well, she having... gets dropped off in like the the Porsche or something. And she's got a giant <laughs> hickey on her neck. Oh, did she? Yeah, she had yeah. a very, very pronounced hickey yeah. on her neck. But it was more the the, the, the hotel comp- yeah, the oh, side I know of the road. It. Yeah. And it's like, the dad just has, it's like, what are you talking, how do you know? And they just, brought, they just, Nothing. they barely talk about it. So it's just like, that's, Really, just below the surface that they never, no one ever really addresses. But it, and it's also like, what kind of comment are you making on this girl? I couldn't quite nail it. it. Well, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that she's a slutty sixteen-year-old girl. I think is the is the commentary. Uh, for, oddly for me, I would think that she would have gotten more promiscuous as the movie went on, since like her family's in turmoil. Falling and, apart. Yeah, her sister's she's, stuck inside a TV. Yeah, and, and yeah. she's just because uh, what we do see of her then at that point is her like losing her mind and hysterically crying. Yeah. So that would make sense to me that she was then like yeah. just going off the rails. But yeah. no, I think they were just saying that 16 year old girls are slutty. But here's what I liked about that. Yeah. Just about the, the, <laughs> no, but the way that the movie treated yeah. it because that, and also like in combination with the, the drug use, it's like, I'm certainly going, okay, this is like, we're going into prime horror time in the eighties and it's like those are movies that punish people. That's true. And it's like, so are they gonna be? Are they? Is it Got because it. they're drug addicts? Yeah, yeah. Is they like, use drugs. Is it because they the daughter is sex? But it's like, no, none of that. It was just. It was. They, they just happened to live on. Uh, a, a cemetery that yeah. never got uh, moved properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I like that that it wasn't like they weren't judging these people for making human choices. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought that was a pretty. Yeah. I don't want to say progressive for the time. But well, progressive for the genre, maybe. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no judgment whatsoever. And that's what I kind. And that's where like the Spielberg feel comes in for me. It's just like it feels like these are real people. Mm-hmm. Like the, the characters themselves don't feel like tropes. They feel like full-dimensional, well-rounded. I will say though, when when the team showed up, the like three paranormal investigators, mm-hmm. and we saw them sitting there. That looked like a joke to me. But we're also used to seeing that, that, was like that this, now. I like, guess so. Yeah. yeah. What was that? What's the big Lee Wano movie? He, 
series he wrote, the one about the uh, it's a more it's a more modern version of this. I know they just Sam Rockwell just actually made a podcast. Oh, you mean the, movie um, years uh, ago. the Insidious movies? Insidious movies yeah, yeah, yeah. are kind of like a modern retelling of Poltergeist. Yeah. Uh, and in that, like, those characters are, are very much feel. Now that I've seen this, it's like, oh, that's a remake of right. of this idea. Yeah, doesn't she kind of look with the glasses like the character in those movies? Well, that's just it. It's like just it, the three. There's three yeah, of them. It's yeah. like the the, fem- the head of it is a yeah. female. I mean, isn't he based on a real person? Though? Maybe that maybe they're also kind maybe. of physically. Maybe. That's kind yeah. of what it felt like to me. Yeah, because but it felt like the same office that's in Ghost at the beginning of Ghostbusters. That's what I was thinking too. I, I, was I, I, I believe the Ghostbusters are down the yeah. hall. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I thought yes. The look of the medium is based on a real life medium, like a okay. famous medium. The that, Zelda that, one, yeah, the, the great beehive and the big glasses. Oh, the, she's, oh, she's mean, a very famous medium. Wait, the, okay. You mean the, the little woman? Or, yeah, or the, the the woman who played the medium who cleared the house got it, in got Poltergeist. It. Okay. She did not clear that house. She did not. But the one who claimed, to, <laughs> yeah, you have a bone to pick. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. Her yeah. look was based <laughs> on a very famous medium who is, I think, still if she's still okay. alive, she's still practicing, and it's sort of like. I think Amityville Horror, she's the medium in that as oh, well. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. We had to look this woman up. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, <laughs> but also, did you, I can't remember exactly what it said, but I, at one point, uh, when they're sitting, when they, they, we first go into that room and, and Craig T. Nelson is smoking an entire pack of cigarettes at once. Oh my God. The yeah, table's yeah. on fire. Yeah. During his close up, I'm, I'm like, what is this? Is there a trash but, fire? But before that, the- on the, I don't know if you could tell because it was backwards. But uh, what we've written on the door? Oh, yeah, what did it no. say? It was like department su- of department of like superstitious, <laughs> yeah, uh, popular yeah. psychology. It was a like popular myth now. Something else. Something. It was yeah, just like yeah. this is a real. That's there's Made no up. way this is a real thing. This is a catch-all. They're in yeah. the basement yeah. of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're like yeah, way yeah. down the end of the hall next to like the broom closet. Yeah, <laughs> nobody ever goes in there. At night, they clean the, <laughs> the university. <laughs> I mean, they're also very not. Com- they're not very committed because they are right, sort the of one like, guy's dr- doodling. I'm going to eat something, and he goes into the kitchen and pulls out a steak. But I mean, don't forget they're kind of used to you know like filming a car for seven hours. It's more just yeah. the like he pick coming. He, he did casually raid that guy's fridge and pulled out a steak, steak. with his bare hands. That and was then not just, in any packaging, and then just yeah. left it on the kitchen counter again, not on a plate, and just like turns away to make something. Well, I would I would argue he got punished for that. Agreed. There you go. <laughs> He, the, the, pol- he the poltergeist back. didn't like that either. Yeah. I have a poltergeist-related question. Listeners, yeah. write in. As far as I understand <laughs> poltergeists... Or you could tweet in. Tweet in. Also, this is not live. <laughs> but as far as I understand... <laughs> when this goes We will live, not answer your question right away. Yeah, then yeah. tweet in. But what I understand of poltergeists is poltergeists are a manifestation of some sort of energy that someone who has like abilities... And doesn't know about it. It's like energy going off into all kinds of different directions. And their anxiety and stress manifest into a poltergeist that then, like, does things around the house. Well, that's kind of the daughter has con- yeah, to communicate with them. Interestingly enough, though, and, and this goes back to what you were saying about the older daughter, what I've heard is that the poltergeist activity always centers around someone who actually is more the older daughter's age. Someone who's, like, a young like a teenager, teenager. a teenager. Well, don't they talk about it around the table at one point? Like, they kind of explain it to us. They start talking about the difference between like a haunting and a poltergeist. They do, yeah. but they never really get into what the poltergeist is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my understanding of a poltergeist, which means someone in the house, which very well might have been the young girl, was sort of the focal point and manifesting mm. this stuff and making it happen. In which case, 
you would think that the answer would lie more with her than like rescuing her. Well, what did uh, let's try to unpack this mm-hmm. sure. because it was something that kind of confused me, but I just went, Oh, I'm okay. Movies enjoy movies are entertaining. <laughs> movies are fun. Movies are fun and it's entertaining and I'm following it enough. Uh, but like what they said was that at one point was that there's all these trapped souls. They don't know they're dead. Mm-hmm. So those are all the people that are in the, in the graves that were never moved. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're in the in-between um, space. They're in the in-between space. And there's one thing that's like a beast and that's, and the daughter thinks it's another kid. Yes. Yeah. And it's the thing that's most harmful to her, but she doesn't realize it. Right. But it was, and, the, and there's, there's a light, which I think means that the daughter went, but that, and the light is the thing that they're all supposed to go to so they, they can all pass on. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the daughter has to lead them there, but can't go through it herself. Mm-hmm. But I still don't understand the beast fitting in. Well, in a... Also, they're still underground. What do they care if it's on top of them? From what I understand of the occult, because I clearly have so much information about this, the beast... Well, religiously, the beast is known to be, like, another word for the devil. Yep. Yeah, One. Yeah. And two, the whole idea of it appearing as a child, usually demonic forces show up as children. Because... Mm-hmm. Creepy children are scary. Because creepy children are scary. Yeah. But also people sort of trust children and, and uh, let their guard down around children. So I'm assuming that the beast was some sort of demon-like sort of character that was separate from all the yeah. souls that were pissed off and wandering around the netherworld. And the beast was sort of like keeping these souls from passing over necessarily. That's but for me. It's like the only thing that bothers me about that is like, what's that have to do with the fact that these people built their houses on top of their graveyard? Well, you don't disturb burial grounds. Like even though the stones, I mean, obviously they're digging holes. They're not yeah. being respectful. Are you saying that maybe the fact that there was a, um, uh, they were behaving in, in an evil way or, or disrespectful way towards the bodies, towards the graves, that could have conjured up. Hallowed, hallowed ground is hallowed ground. Like if you disturb, if you disturb any culture, if you disturb anyone that's been buried, you have to rebury them and do a certain amount of ceremony around mm-hmm. that to keep, make sure that they stay at peace. Mm-hmm. It's why the people. It's why like anyone who believes in the occult generally doesn't like you to have like things that could be conduits like Ouija boards or like bones from another place or stuff like that. It's not. It's not good mojo because it, it unsettles the spirit world. A board game? A Ouija board. A board game. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying I want to know. I understand the bone, but if the board game is just with manufacturing in a factory. We should crack after the Ouija board and see what happens. I yeah. don't know. I'm, uh, what do you think? I'm a crazy person? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I used see? to have a Ouija board. Do you have any bones? I had a Ouija Oh, I got board. lots of bones. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no Ouija boards. Yeah. That's just weird. Human enough. bones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I assume so. We had our, our yard landscape brought recently, so aren't Wait, they, aren't they all like... Yes, what? they're all yeah, underneath. Yeah. They're, they're all, all serial killers, so someone buried someone yeah. in my yard, I'm sure. But, but it, Apologies to anyone whose family member was uh, had mom, that happen yeah. to them. But that's the thing that people... They be, I mean, they have obviously done that to the First Nations people a million times yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, my grandparents, they recently moved, and they were, they were trying to get in touch with our family, and they had the wrong phone number. And for six months, they were trying to move my grandparents. Out mm. of their final resting place oh, to a wow. new final resting place. Ugh. So much for final resting place. Yeah, yeah, seriously, you can't even depend on that anymore. Yeah, it was a big bone of contention. Yeah. Mm. I had something, now it's gone. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Uh, we were just talking Ouija about board. the natures of like poltergeists and ghosts and like all that sort of yeah. s- stuff that never really, for me, never really got like, I never got a satisfactory, uh, 
yeah, much like you're saying, the beast, the kid being held hostage, going towards the light, all these people wandering around. Right. I mean, wouldn't they have gone to the light when they died? They don't know they're dead. They don't know they're dead, and so they're wandering around in this sort of confused state. Yeah, but everyone in the graveyard doesn't know they're dead? Uh, or is it because they were disturbed that affects their... But some of them are like 100 years old, because they talk about how the jewelry is like, yeah, this one's only a couple years old, yeah. this one's 100 yeah. years old. I think it's just they don't know that they're dead because of the nature of how they died. Okay. Not because of them being disturbed. Uh, the whole being disturbed thing, yeah, it doesn't sort of hang with what the story yeah, is. Yeah, because when they show phase four, mm-hmm. that's or phase five that's supposed to be built, it's like all these, clearly none of these houses have basements. It's all just a bunch of pads. California. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah, out, out, outlines of things. Uh, is that because of earthquakes? They don't have basements? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, okay. So it's like clearly they're not worried about digging into the graves because they're just building on top of things. But there would still be electrical wires and gas wires and things underground. So was it because of they were digging the pool? Like the pool was the, their the tipping house? point? That's the only house in that giant survey that has a pool? Or a little blonde girl who has a real serious case of the strange face? Yeah. That's the irony is like, even though I know they did do a, a remake recently. Which Sam, no one even talks about. Who was Sam, in that? Sam Rockwell and Rosemary DeWitt. Oh. Okay. Wow. Which now makes me want to... But I also go, I'm like, you can't make this movie now because there's no such thing as a... Because TV goes 24 hours a day. How the hell, what's the kid talking to? <laughs> yeah. An iPhone. The last time you came across static. Come on. <laughs> so I'd be curious how they updated that. Yeah. Um, you almost need to do a period piece. Or they just, maybe they just do it as a period piece. They probably okay. don't, though. I'm curious, though. No, I, I bet you just watching the trailer will answer all these questions for we us. We'll, we'll yeah. do that after. We'll, we'll do it after. Yeah. Listeners? Yeah. Listeners, write in. Yeah, post pause. the trailer. Post the trailer. Post the trailer. Tag us. Tag us. Yeah. I liked it, though. I mean, I, I that clown, though, man. I knew that clown was bad news. Yeah, and mm. this might be the beginning because clowns weren't really creepy yet in like a lot of main. I mean, I clowns are always really creepy. creepy clowns. Yeah, I, it. But that I'm was after after this. Yeah, I I found myself, and it's it's hard for me because going back and watching movies that are obviously influenced filmmakers moving forward, there are so many sort of um, traps for me to be like, oh, that balloon is just floating in that room, or. Well, that clown can't mm. be good. Like, I just, I'm programmed to know all of the tropes from all the future horror yeah, films yeah, that yeah, come. Yeah. That everything in the frame, that is I'm the like, problem. that's going like, to be the thing that gets me. All these things that, but I, but to the to the credit, I love how long the movie took to bring the clown yes. back. Yeah. Because yes. they really set yeah. that up at the beginning. Yeah. And then, and then it didn't come back. I will say, uh, that tree was. Chop that motherfucker. Well, down. well, it just flew out of the sky eventually. <laughs> but just the I, the fact that I I was convinced when it first that sequence started up, yeah. that that was a dream sequence because I'm like the tree has arms now and it's eating the kid. Yeah, what the fuck? And then <laughs> yeah. well, I love that entire sequence. Oh, it's great. I'm just sitting there watching and going, this feels like a third act. Yeah, like this is like how are they gonna top this? Yeah, yeah. this is like so early in the movie. Where does it go from here? And why the fuck? And they've got to leave the house instantly. And then, but it made sense that to get I, the girl. As a parent, I get it. The kid's trapped somewhere in the ether of the house. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're the, my wife would not leave the house. I would not. Yeah, it was leave more the, the children. I was like, get the other children out of the house. I love that one point yes. after after the the entryway <laughs> opens. It just cuts the next morning. The kids get in the cab, and it's all it's completely silent. And yeah. so the mom's like, keep yeah. in touch. And he's like, he just glares at her. The dog, the dog runs out of the house and like looks behind at the parents, and then gets in the cab too and drives away. But it's like, but here's the thing. It's like, and the movie did. 
a lot of sequences like that, and they that that's definitely for a laugh. Yeah, yes. you know, yes. and they yes. know it. And you it need pl- it, and it's played so dryly, mm-hmm. so silently. Like you don't need any other dialogue besides just the looks. It was brilliant. There was that they, they did a good job of knowing when to cut tension and when to relief. Yeah, and there's that brilliant moment that should not probably have a laugh moment at that point in the movie. Where uh, she's with the medium, and she's like, "I'm going in to get your daughter," and it's like, "Why are you going in? You've never done it before." He's like, "You're right. You should go." And, and she totally throws her under the bus, and it's like it's such a hilarious moment that you're like, "This is a really tense moment in the yeah. movie to throw in like comic relief like that." But you want her to go. You want her to be the one to go. The and get yeah, to yeah. You need that. You it need also that. seems like a double cross moments later because then the medium is yelling, "Go to the light! Go to the light!" And Craig T. Nelson's going, "You said don't." What's going on? Like, there's some sort of confusion. And then all of a sudden, it ends. But it ends real quick. Yeah. And then the medium's just like, she starts mugging for the camera. I said, This house is clean. And that's totally not. Mm. No. So, do, was she in league with the beast? That's what it felt oh, like for really? a moment there. Well, I don't know, man. She didn't that's, clean. That's she, interesting. She was. She did have that moment where she's like, go to the light, go to the light. And it's like, oh. you didn't. Fu-. And even when the mom first starts talking to her, and she's like, tell her to go to the light. And it's yeah. like, I fucking hate you for this. Yeah. yeah. But the mom's like, maybe she's, she doesn't know what's going on. She's yeah. like, maybe she's setting her up to like, and at the last minute she'll pull her out. Yeah. You know, so, but when she starts mugging... Right after that, I thought she was camera. doing it more because they were, she knew that that footage would end up being used in some kind of a study or sure. something. Sure. Yeah. But also then when later the house is clearly not been cleaned, it's like, did she know that? Given that she's now... T- like Maybe the beast is more powerful than I will she say, is. there is a poltergeist too. So the answers yeah. probably lie within that movie. Yeah. Is it the same cast? Same cast. A lot of them, yeah. The, the, yeah. I, I, I looked well, up... Well, they, they move just within the subdivision. Um... I will say that one of the one of the tragic elements of this film is the older daughter actually was was murdered. No. Yeah, I think either right before or just after it came out. No. Yes, like very close to when it was released. So she never was in the second one, and that was um, uh, her father was uh, Dominic Dunn, who was a Vanity Fair writer, and he was the one who was always covering the OJ trial because he was so filled with like this righteous anger but his daughter being murdered that he really connected to the OJ case. Mm. Do they address uh, the lack of the daughter? In that's the what I'm not sure. I've never seen any of the sequels. I have Here, no idea. I'm going to read the description of the sequel. Okay. D- just the trailer. Just like yeah. The, yeah. The, the synopsis yeah. on IMDb. The Freeling family move in with <laughs> Diane's mother in an effort to escape the trauma and aftermath of Carolyn Ann's abduction by the Beast. But the Beast is not to be put off so easily and appears in a ghostly apparition as the Reverend Cain, a religious zealot responsible for the deaths of his many followers. His goal is simple. He wants the angelic Carol Ann, but the love of her family and the power of the psychic Tangina once again unite, along with an elderly Native American, to fight for her life. Now, so the second one just really p- fills in all of these these little holes we brought yeah. up. Yeah. I didn't get the impression that she was in league with the Beast. I think the Beast was just pulling the wool over her eyes. So Carol Ann is the, sort of the energetic force that is the catalyst mm-hmm. for the interest from the 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 dead people, from the beast, from well, creating a vortex. Well, she's a child. She, creates, she represents innocence, and she's obviously Her very light force open. is very strong. Yeah, she's got a really intense like blunt bang that I'm into. Very straight blunt bang. Yeah, yeah. but she's incredible in that first close up, isn't she? when she's looking into the TV, like, it's really unnerving. 
What else? She's good in lots of it. Like I'm you can, you can see the strings being pulled a couple of times. Yeah. Like when they're tr- when she's in the bathtub with her mother covered in grape jelly, and they're he's like just breathe, and he's like cleaning her face, and she's flinching. All those sort of cute kid moments that you can't quite get them to sort of act around. Yeah, but mostly that, that she was good. And Holy was shit! What? Are you? So I'm just looking up the the actress who played her, Heather yeah. O'Rourke. Well, she passed away too. She she, was, she yeah. died when she was twelve. Yeah. What? She made Poltergeist one, two, and she was also in an episode, a couple episodes of Happy Days. Mm-hmm. But she made Poltergeist one, two, and three in 1988. Poltergeist. Three came out, and that's the year she died. Yeah, she what died. What did she die from? She had some kind of intestinal blockage or something. She, like, oh, she went, this she went This mo- Holy movie's fuck! Cur- movie's cursed. Well, two of the kids in this movie died. Yeah, in and around the productions. Look up the little boy. He's okay, I think. Oh shit! I don't want to. <laughs> this is getting worse and worse. You can't make me. All day. I'm looking him up. Oh. Fuck it. This is. I don't want to know. He, he, he made it till 47. He, and what? Then he, he died. died? He's now 47. No, he's now 47. Yeah, he's 47. Oh, he's still alive. Yay! <laughs> Yay, Oliver! But, but haunted. And he was Jimmy Wilson in Airplane 2. He's oh, fine. There you go. He's fine. Oh, phew. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah just yeah. the women, I guess. Uh, just the, the, the females. And the, that says something about those. Yeah. Uh, that poltergeist. Mm. What a... That's... Because I'm... Because it's just... IMDb usually shows the older photo. And I'm like... Right. She's still got a kid photo. What? Maybe, she must not have worked after that. I'm like, no, no, she just died when she was yeah. a child. Wow. Very, I remember that happened, too. It was very shocking. Oh. What? This is what Poltergeist 3 is about. Carol Ann is staying with her aunt in a high-rise building. Yes. Where the supernatural forces haunting make their return. It's like, is it Tom Skerritt and Nancy Allen in that one? Is that who it is? You nailed it. Okay. And Zelda, and surprise, surprise, Zelda Zelda Rubenstein. Zelda Rubenstein returns. (laughs) Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle is also in it. Oh, probably very young. Laura Flynn Boyle, sorry. I uh, I would have played probably pre-Twin Peaks. Yep. 88. So, Oh, uh, yeah. I just love that it's like so clearly now it's just after her. Mm-hmm. They, they t- and that's and that's what these horror movies do after a while. They right. just start creating their own mythology. Well, it's like it's it's like Jaws, right? It was the, the, by the time they got to the fourth one, the shark actually was like Following. actively targeting the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or but but also the um, paranormal activity movies too. Oh yeah, start creating like more of a mythology. Right. The more they go on, well, they kind of have to start filling in all right. like, the gaps. But that makes sense with the concept of Poltergeist that that she would be the sort of the catalyst everywhere they went because she never gets her PK abilities under control. So yeah. it, it keeps creating. Makes sense. That first scene is phenomenal when she just, the dad passed out in front of the TV and the dog's eating all the chips in the house. Yeah. And, really then, is, uh, and then she just sits down and she's just having this yes. casual conversation. I'm five. Yes. I'm five. No. I don't know. No. I'm it's, five. It's so good. Well, just uh, but, uh, the most unnerving thing was when she says I'm five. It's like, oh, that thing's getting personal. Yeah. And then, then it doesn't matter what. Right. And she She's smiles playing. at it. Like right. she likes it. Well, because yeah. and then you, you find kid. out later it's a kid doing it. To yeah. You. And I can just imagine I'm like, I bet you it's, they're just doing like, you know, repeat with her. It's like repeat, yeah. just repeat what I say. It's like yeah. say I'm five, and then you know they cut all that. Or or it's like someone in the TV. I think I think that was. Um, like a voice? No, I think I, I feel like I saw an interview with John Sayles talking about directing a kid, and he had to, he literally like went inside the t- whatever show movie he was directing, he was inside the TV so the kid wouldn't like be looking at like the camera. Right. He was giving him direction like right to the TV, so there could have been somebody like literally right in front of her, that's just true. having a conversation with her, a just cast, light. A quiet conversation. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. I'm sure that like, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. terrible. Steven was sitting right there, just saying, yeah. "Repeat what I say." Yeah. It's like you no. Know, yeah. 
No. But it seemed. But no. it seemed. Just, I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. He's just yeah. ready to do that. And yeah. Then you cut. How old do you think she was? Well, if she was twelve and she died in eighty-eight. Then... She was six. Oh, because it was eighty-two. Well, when they made it, she was probably five. Eighty-one. Yeah. Five? Wow. She's little. It's the little thing. I know. Ugh. But I mean, I think it's a really kind of a parent's nightmare, right? Because you th- it makes you think about what you would go through if you know a child is missing, a child mm. is kidnapped. Like it's it's. You know, like that stuff is played very real. I mean, that's again, like, what did you guys think of Jo Beth Williams? I thought that was a really interesting performance. I re- I was just about to uh, bring her up because I I really I, I, again I love that she was like just this pot smoking mom. I thought she was I like that aspect to her. But then the one thing that kind of threw me, but then I kind of got too, was just how kind of giddy she was about the fact. It's like, look, the furniture's moving. Ain't this crazy, honey? Doesn't. But and I loved the, the movie. Also, did this really well. It kind of undercut whenever they tried to go. Like she's like, it's not a harmful thing. It's like it's just moving furniture around all day. And that night is the night it goes batshit yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the daughter disappears. Yeah. They also had that amazing moment when the t- the team will call them first shows sure. up in the house. And the guy's the like, yang. and the guy's like, I got this time lapse <laughs> video of a, of a thing going across the room. And Cartoon Nelson just opens the door and just chaos is raining. It's like, Things are floating. Yeah. So you can't tell with a human eye, but it's like, it's like yeah, t- take a look, at, a this. look at this. Swirling vortex of terror. Yeah. And that's the scene I was asking. It's like, was this ever released in 3D? I don't this, it just so. feels like this scene was designed. It has to, it's very, uh, like the sense of depth is fantastic. It's here. the only yeah. time the effects in the movie are terrible when all that stuff in the foreground, right. all yeah. those things right. are floating, just yeah. aren't done very well. Yeah. I love that they they never like the police is never even on the table. Like at no what point would they do that. I kept thinking but the same thing, but that's also that's such a rational you, thought to have. Yeah. Is like someone at some point goes, "We gotta call the police." But then I think that you. Uh, I feel like it opens up a can of worms, and I'm, I'm sure there were probably earlier drafts where they did call the police, and it's like, yeah, but then the police are going to think that the parents did something to the kid, and they're trying yeah, to that's cover it. it up. And that's what I, yeah. I, I, I will say, because I think the problem with most horror movies is you start watching them, and they have so many logic flaws. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? I bought they stayed in the house because yeah. the daughter's trapped. Yeah. I, as a parent, I get that. Yeah. And to your point, it's like, get the kids out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also bought that they wouldn't call the cops, because the same thing, I'm like, Kid missing kid? What the fuck do you do? They say, oh, she just disappeared. It's like, yeah, bullshit. Where's this kid? For sure. Yeah. And also, they walk into the house, and the house is a complete, like, nightmare zone. Yeah. So. And dad's drinking. Yeah, yeah. A lot. So that, they, that was very realistic, too. The parents are like, yeah, like daytime alcoholics. Yeah. Just, yeah. They say it to the team. He says it at some point. He's like, I haven't even called the police yet, and we don't want them this in the press. Yeah. We're trying to take care of this quietly. I did find it strange, though, just the sort of casualness of, like, we don't go into the room. We don't go in there. And then they do open the door, and it's like, hell. It's the third ring of hell. And everyone's just, like, sleeping in the house, like, making tea, living their lives. That I found very strange. Oh, I that, love that. that. I kind of love real. I, felt, I love that it, really? that it was, like, normalized. I That's feel, what I found so strange. that they, that well, it, I feel like that would happen. Like, you're, if you're in a, in a war or whatever, I think you do need to have that normalcy to keep yourself from going batshit insane. But also, it's like, they're still, like the daughter's still communicating with him at that point. That's yeah. true. So it's yeah. like, they're like, so she's safe. Wherever she is, she's safe. And at that point, and they're like, they're looking for help. So they're just yeah. like, for this point, that room's off bounds. Yeah. And the rest of the house seems safe for now. And say, night, say seems- to your sister. 
to say it yes. on the TV. Yes. You know? They just seem really well adjusted about it. That's all. Like, they just seem really and like. drunk all the time, though. Really like, you know. <laughs> well adjusted, but drunk like, all the time. The, the and the daughter's is out moment. fucking she's gone. Yeah. She's just gone. Well, she's in the corner hysterically crying for half of it. When she's not. Yeah. Out. Out, yeah. Out, being a teenager. I think she made all the right choices. I think she made the yeah. best choices of anyone in that film. Yeah. Yeah. The only real terrifying scene in terms of, and even though you watch it and it's like the makeup effects are so dated, is that face ripping off scene. Sure. Uh, which I was glad that it turned into just like his internal nightmare or like some mind fuck that they yeah. were doing him. Because you're sitting there going, why are you still picking at your face? Yeah. Like, it's something, it's something that, that felt like possession. Has something possessed yeah. you? Yeah. And so I like that, oh no, good, it's just a mind fuck. Yeah. And we'll never see you again because why would you ever return to that house? But back to, back to your point of the practical effects, like watching that steak crawl across the yeah. screen. I'm sitting there watching, like, how did I do that? Is that, mm-hmm. is that like, across. is it uh, stop motion? Is it magnets? It felt like they used the tile, the, the tile cracks to do some of the physical effects, like magnets. to move the chairs. Like actually like using, using those, those lines to, you know. Like, yeah, very smart. Yeah. It's, it's oh, very, yeah. Very smartly done. Like, well, the, the house was built as a set to do a lot of some. Oh, was lot it really? Of, I can only assume. Oh, you mean the interior, not the exterior. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, the, yeah the, absolutely. The, the bedrooms, for sure. Like when everything's being pulled into the corner of that room, I just assume that, again, that's a set that's tilted up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. All that These stuff. sets are moving, are able to, some of them are able to turn around so they can do some of that stuff. I mean, it's funny, though. I wonder if they had like a matching interior or, or, or a matching kitchen set that was on, on a stage because obviously the one where the workmen are like lean, the workmen leaning in and taking you know spaghetti sauce that's obviously outside yeah or just they built that as a three as a two all set or just mashed it and just had like a nighttime thing because obviously they had another you know yeah that was all done very well. Well, you know what was done well was that and you laughed that match cut where they go into the identical kitchen in the yeah. other yeah. house he's trying to sell. It's very funny. Yeah. I love that. It also is hopeful for a moment. You're like, oh, good, he's selling his house. Oh, really? Is that what you thought was Yeah, happening? I was like, oh, good, he's selling oh, his house. Oh, is that why you laughed? I laughed. Yeah. Oh, I thought you laughed. It was like, oh, yeah, it's fucking the suburbs. Everything is a fucking... Well, it topic. is. The, it, I mean, it quickly became that. Yeah, but in, yeah, yeah. In, the insti- in my first instinct moment, was like, oh, thank God. That's funny. He's he, he's realized the movie. The, the movie's, movie's over. over. It's yeah. fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Nothing's yeah, happened. Wishful thinking on your part. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you think that... Um, the movie is trying to make any kind of commentary on like modern America in the sense of like yeah. the television's always on. Yeah, every night they fall asleep to the uh, the national anthem mm-hmm. and that montage of visuals. The Reagan book. Yeah, that could be coming from Toby Hooper because I think he was a a real like Austin, Texas, you know, liberal. Yeah, so I think some of that stuff's very satirical on his part. But he wasn't part of the writing. But I think you that you add those things in though in your yeah. Yeah. But also just details. like the concept of like the suburbs are the place of Though that definitely is yeah, in the Yeah, writing, there's sure. that, especially sure. in the fact that like just that in order to make money, they're just building over people's graves. Yeah. And not even moving them. That's what I mean. and well I think there was a tweet like a year or so ago where it's like, Well, we know what the problem with America is, it was built in an Indian graveyard or built in built on like a you know, the old joke was Right with a with a horror movie, but it's like mm. oh, this is all of America, which is true. It's like it's been you know built over the the blood of the native people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's it, and that's become such a trope. But I I can't think if this was ever if that was done in a film previous to this or a story previous to this. 
I don't know. It, it's interesting because now, because it's like you look at this and it's like there's so many movies that was, have happened after this. Did The Shining yeah. do that? Was, the, was that the story with the Overlook Hotel? Was that built over a native burial ground? I don't think so. I don't remember okay. offhand. I don't remember either. But that was part of it. I have to look it up. I mean, it's funny because this movie's coming after The Shining, coming after the Amityville Horror. And I wonder how... I haven't seen Amity the Horror either. Oh, do you... Neither have I. Oh, really? I've never seen the... I mean, I read one of the books. I know kind of the... the, And that's based on a true story. A supposedly true story. They think that the family, you know... Embellished? Embellished. or uh, Maybe maybe they get rid of their their house. Uh, But I just was, was wondering, like, you know... Obviously, Spielberg at that point was a very successful filmmaker who could do whatever, and, and, you know, I'm sure whatever he pitched was going to get picked up. But I wonder, you know, what they, how they positioned it, because obviously it's like, yeah, it's like the Amityville Horror, it's like The Shining, but it's this. Like, I wonder what the little, the magical element that he added when he would talk to the studio about it. It's, you know, we're going to focus more on the family. Is it about, we're going to make it much more of like a family-friendly we're gonna do, like, those are rated R. We're gonna do like a PG Steven Spielberg version. Where we can get more people in to see it. Like I probably to all of that. Yeah, and also just yeah. And probably just like selling. Was like here are the here are the set pieces. Like, yeah, the yeah. The tree's yeah. gonna reach in and attack. Yeah, and attack, which is kid. very Evil Dead, right? It feels very yeah. yeah. And he'd also already. I mean, this is this is after ET. Like he'd already done. No, this is around. Literally, they came out within a month of each other. Because he was, do, you know, th- Close Encounters, Jaws, yes. ET. Like, yeah. it sort of feels like he was just touching on various elements of supernatural activity, if you yeah. will. But like with family as the backdrop. Yeah. 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 So do, we're gonna do, we're gonna do those movies, but we're gonna do it like. You know, through the Spielberg lens. Through the lens. And now yeah. this one's a horror one. Nuclear film. Yeah, and we're going to get a guy who is known for, like, making a hardcore horror film. But we're going to... Yeah, and the parts that he can't handle, I'll do. Gonna... <laughs> Don't like, worry. Don't right. worry. Don't when you worry. send the LA Times... Yeah, we got to... I'll be on the we'll just be like, Hey, Toby, your cocaine's here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to walk off. And I, I walk okay, then, I'll, then I'll direct those children into early graves. <laughs> yeah. Oh! oh! Jessica Greco. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a good place to end. I thought so. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Buttoned it up for you. You really did. No, any, any, any final... Happy any, Halloween. Any final... No, we can't end there. Any final <laughs> thoughts, people? Yeah, let's get... Yeah, through. no, let's get away from that. <laughs> oh, what a disturbing... Horrible. Oh, jeez. Well done, though. Thank you. I really... I, I did like that. Yeah. Um, oh. Final thoughts. I liked it. Yeah. Um, It was not as scary as I thought it was going to be, but I think I've been ruined by modern horror where mm-hmm. it's all torture porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say I loved it. I really, really loved it. And it made me like surprised that I never saw it before. Although yeah. it's like I had a weird trauma with a cousin of mine. Got that, sucked into a TV? No, it just fucked me. Yeah. I don't like to talk about it. But uh, <laughs> um, no, where she just kind of like played this really nasty. I've, t- I've talked about this on the podcast before, but she played a nasty prank on me. That oh. kind of like really threw me off horror films, oh. and so I didn't really get into horror films until probably I was in college, and and I was just surrounded by horror nuts, and so I just slowly started watching more horror movies. Um, for me, like the horror movies I liked when I was a teenager was Scream. Like those, right, are, right, those right. are nice and safe for me. I like that. Right. Uh, but so I find there's I have tons of black holes in the horror genre just because I had that childhood thing where I just suddenly just shut myself off and didn't want to have anything to do with horror movies. Yeah. Because they made me sad. Um, but, so th- so this one I didn't see at all, and so I'm so excited. And I, I do think this is something I can probably introduce to, like, Ephraim 
uh, far earlier. I was going to say, really? Not, not yet, not yet. But like definitely earlier than I could introduce other horror movies. Oh, it's a teenager so. movie for sure. Yeah, he can yeah. see this probably when he's 12. Yeah, yeah. Because there's nothing really that grotesque. Like he'll probably look at that face ripping off scene. He'll know how And be done. like, yeah. They can see the makeup, but it doesn't look a real quick. He's seen Lord of the Rings, he's fine. Yeah, he'll yeah. just sit there and critique it and be like, ugh, <laughs> makeup's terrible. I think like, he's <laughs> ripping his face off, isn't that terrifying? He's like, no. No. Be so much more blood. Yeah. Blood. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did I'm, you like it? I did. I'm surprised that it took me this long to see the entire thing in context, too. It does make me want to watch, I do kind of want to watch the second one, but not oh, the third really? one. I think I just want to watch more Spielberg. I haven't really gotten down a Spielberg hole in a really long time. Oh, it's a great Like, I can't think of the last time I saw E.T. I've never seen Close Encounters. Ever? No. Wow. You should wait for Close Encounters to watch it when they're, like, replaying on a big screen. Yeah, but then... With good sound. Yeah. But then there's a question of which version of Close Encounters do you see, because there's three different versions of it. What? There's the original theatrical version, then he did a special edition a couple years later where he went back and he... He took some things out, put some things in, he shot some new footage, and then he did a third version in the 90s that essentially kind of combined elements of the previous two versions, and he cut out a lot of the special edition stuff, because he went inside the spaceship and showed, you know, all kinds of footage in there, and he just chopped it all out because he felt that it was unnecessary. So oh. That's, that's kind of I like, think that's the only version I've ever seen, is like the third version. Yeah, I had for a long time, but I actually really liked the first version. Uh, that's the one that I watch now when I put it on the Blu-ray, because there's some really cool scenes in there. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But I'm glad that we finally watched it. It was nice to watch with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby. Thanks for joining us for Poltergeist. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other podcasts of our show and other That Shelf Podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things to let others know that you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook group, Black Hole Films. Until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.